Hey, it's Bobby, and you're listening to another episode of Bomb Talk, my weekly live Twitter Spaces talk show where I interview different members from our community, the Atom Bomb Squad. Now, Atom Bomb Squad is an NFT project, 25,000 collectibles that sold out a couple months ago, but they're floating around out there. And everyone that I interview has unique insight and wisdom to share from their time in the NFT space. Today, we have a really special guest, more or less the face of NFTs. His name is Gary V, aka Gary Vanderchuk. And some of you might know him as being an entrepreneurial icon, a best-selling author, a speaker. Uh, but this year, he has really come to embody everything that NFT stands for. And you might be surprised by today's conversation because Gary isn't coming from a place of bravado. He's not here to sell you on anything. In fact, he's here to add a cautionary layer to NFTs and collecting and even from an investment and trading perspective. And so I want you to listen closely to what he has to say. It's something that we aren't hearing enough in NFTs and in crypto. We want people to be careful and responsible. So we're really, really proud to have Gary. Uh, After Gary leaves, we have a few more fun guests that are going to be joining the room. But um, take your time with this one. Uh, I hope you learn, and I hope it helps. All right, let's listen. Good afternoon, everyone. Good evening in some parts of the world. I'm Bobby Hundreds. I am uh, your host for Bomb Talk. We are here today to interview Gary V, Gary Vanderchuk. Um, Come on in. We're just letting everyone slowly trickle in. You are listening to Bomb Talk by Adam Bomb Squad. I'm your host, Bobby Hundreds. I'm the co-founder of The Hundreds. We're a streetwear brand. We've been around for a couple decades now. And this year, we launched a collectibles project, 25,000 unique NFTs under the name of Adam Bomb Squad. You can follow us everywhere. And this show, Bomb Talk, is our venue to introduce our community and any crypto newcomers to the NFT space. Look, most of us, including myself, have absolutely no idea what the breadth of NFTs entail. So this is an open and honest conversation weekly right here on Twitter Spaces with different bomb holders from Adam Bomb Squad who offer unique insight on this revolution. Um, Every culture has a face and a flag bearer, someone who not only embodies the spirit and philosophy of the community, but is leading the charge for what can be what is possible? I grew up in skateboarding, and those luminaries were people like Tony Hawk and the Gons, and and in art, maybe it's Banksy. You know, these visionaries, these people who are really leading the charge and charging the lead of what the next frontier looks like. And in tech, you you know these people as maybe Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Well, today we're speaking with our guiding light in NFTs. His name is Gary Vanderchuk, and look, Gary's the one who actually we have to give a big thanks to Gary because. Without him, there might not even be an Atom Bomb Squad. Back in January and February, uh, Gary introduced us to CryptoPunks. By us, I mean Ben and I, the founders of Atom Bomb Squad. He introduced us to CryptoPunks and taught us what this space was all about. And it was because of that that we got heavily into the collectible side of NFTs. And then Gary launched his own project called VFriends, a blue chip collectible that he dropped back in May. Um, and now it's just one of the largest and most influential projects in the space. Uh, but like Adam Bomb Squad, V Friends started off started off very much being about education and anticipation and community, and and we're we're built the same. And that's really what this program is about. Um, 
I want to bring Gary up on stage. Uh, we only have him for a short amount of time. I've never seen Gary in a place for more than 30 minutes. In fact, I went to a, a lunch last week that he hosted in New York, and he couldn't even stay throughout the entire lunch. So let's get him in while we can. Um, can we bring him up on stage? My Adam Bomb Squad co-host, Gary, slowly connecting. Everyone say hello to Gary in the room. Hi, hi, everyone. Hey, Gary, thank you. I know you're mad busy. Uh, I'm sorry. But, so, I'm headed. I'm headed. Actually, you'll enjoy this. I'm headed to the Knicks Sixers game in Philly to represent. Okay. So otherwise, I would have stayed longer. But yes, I'm excited for this half hour. I love you guys. Thank you for the kind words um, in the lead up. I've been chilling and uh, I'm excited to chat. Thanks so much, Gary. The first question I have for you, that, I mean, there are people in this room who don't own an NFT. Adam Bomb Squad, our project and this room is really meant to onboard a newer community and also just familiarize people who may be new. I mean, I think we're all relatively new. So for those who are new and maybe even a little bit confused, uh, why are you so captivated about NFTs and why should people be collecting these? I know it's a very basic and standard question for some of us, but for you, um, if you're explaining to someone today for the very first time, you know, what is it about these? And are you as excited now as when we first spoke on it in January? I am. That's the easy part to answer. So I'll, I'll answer that quickly. You know, I think I don't, I don't think people should per se collect NFTs. I think the reason I would probably collect an NFT for everybody who's listening is to taste the technology. Um, every single person on earth in a decade will be affected by NFTs because I genuinely believe every ticket uh, will be an NFT and most people go to something that's ticketed. Um, so I think this is going to happen whether you like it or not. It's exactly like the internet in 95, in my opinion, a new technology that fucks with everyone's brain because they don't fully understand it. Um, you know, it was hard for a lot of people like ourselves to fully wrap our heads around it because decentralized servers is a very different game than centralized servers. We've grown for 25 years understanding that you don't own things digitally. Now it's the reverse. You know, that's why I'm so empathetic to this era because I lived it in 95, 96, 97, where you went to the library or encyclopedia to get information and now you had Ask Jeeves or Yahoo, later Google. Online dating was weird in 95, now it's standard, you know, just a million things. Like in 1990, there was never, a, there was not a single human in 1990, which, oh, by the way, was my eighth grade year. Uh, there was not a human on earth that bought something on the internet. Just think about that, right? So new stuff changes stuff. But, you know, I think the reason, why should anybody, why should people collect an NFT, like you said, literally, mainly to taste the technology, to understand it. It's hard to know stuff unless you're in it. You know, I think from an investment standpoint, I, I've been pretty consistent about this. I think we're in a gold rush. And I do think 96, 97, 98, 99% of the projects are a vulnerability to being a good financial investment, uh, similar to stocks in 95. But I do think um, there'll be winners. It's funny. Somebody very smart the other day said to me over dinner, somebody I respect, we had dinner. She said... And he said, a couple actually, uh, said, bro, this is Beanie Babies. And I said, the problem is this is stuffed animals. There are many Beanie Babies running around right now on 
the OpenSea Top 100, um, Crypto Slam Top 50. But this is stuffed animals. And they got it. They got it. They've been categorizing the whole thing as a fad. Um, people wrote articles in 2000 that said the internet was a fad. See? Here it is. And so it's a very special time. We should all be blessed. We're, we should all be very grateful for the blessing we have. We have 2,000 people. And the 2,164 people listening right now, I wish they genuinely – I'm old now, so I've had two at-bats um, you know, at this in 95 and 2005. I wish everybody here knew how big of a deal it is that you're even listening to this and you're at the forefront of it. There'll be plenty of money lost. I do think there's a little bit too much focus on the money. I do think 80% of the people in it are in it for the day trading and the quick flip. Um, but the macro is such a big deal. It will change the way every contract is done in our society in due time over the next two, three decades. And um, I'm just so damn excited that I'm at the forefront. And then obviously for me, you know, whether it's sneakers, whether it's collectibles, streetwear, sports cards, comic books, toys, video games, I mean, pop culture, you know, I don't think there's any secret. I mean, just look at my office. This was, that's something I've always been passionate about. I do think most people collect something, not everybody, but uh, a lot of people collect something, even if they don't realize it. Um, I think fashion is an industry that should be looked at a lot. There's a lot of reasons people wear things, usually social signaling. I think there's a lot of human communication undertones in owning uh, NFTs. And I think that will last because that's a human conditioning. It's a status. It's like wearing, uh, you know, a hundreds hoodie or uh, rare Nike Dunks or a product or a Chanel bag or a Rolex or driving a Lambo or living in Beverly Hills 90210 zip code or putting a bumper sticker of Harvard on the back of your car. People signal all the time. Even mowing their lawn consistently is really communication. And I think that's something I understand from a consumer behavior standpoint. And I think, um, I think uh, NFTs are going to be at scale as we spend our time in the digital universe. Yeah, there's a streetwear sympathetic crowd in the room just because I come from the streetwear space. I mean, you've collaborated with Jeff Staple. Uh, we, we had lunch with Ronnie from Kith last week. I know Ronnie's in the room right now. Uh, I saw you're teasing something with Anwar from Carrot. So what is it about streetwear that appeals to you, Gary? Like, how do you see NFTs and streetwear coalescing in the metaverse? Well, like I'm 46 years old and I grew up in Jersey, right? So streetwear is just like so... Like I, I, it's just so natural to me. I also spent the majority of my twenties and thirties, like head down family business life and like didn't necessarily get to kind of enjoy the youth game the way a lot of my friends did. So <laughs> I don't think I even bought clothes for a decade other than like what I wore to work, but I understand it. I mean, you know, it, you know, Ronnie, who I actually saw last night at the Knicks game, like you guys and many others that I admire, like it's storytelling. It's, it's, it's the most important thing in the world. It's how religion is built. It's how brands are built. And, you know, it, it comes very natural to me to understand. I'm looking in the audience now, Musa, Brad, there's people in here who I've had many conversations with through the years. And I just very much understand um, what it is. And so the same way of creating scarcity, collaborations, storytelling narratives, you know, vignettes and social media content to create a lifestyle, an association, 
humans are tribal and uh you know i get very tribal about sports uh that's where my tribalism most kind of identifies not around religion not around race not around brands but in sports if I, somebody walks by with you know literally in the airport wearing a jets jacket i feel close to them and uh i don't have to tell any sneakerhead here when you walk and you look at the sneakers before you look at people's faces and if you see they have something proper it's an immediate connection that you're in the same game and you know this behavioral stuff is what i spend my time on it's what i've been doing it's how i understood how the wine world was going to evolve why i've been so right about so many things most people are met with new innovation and they're in the business of saying no they can't see it because they're in no culture they they are more comfortable with the no they prefer the no um for me it's always yes uh curiosity and then the work behind the curiosity is how everything works for me and so streetwear brands are just so obvious um they just make so much sense it's so authentic when it starts it's a true crew uh and then you know this you've done it and others in the room have done it then it scales then you have to really be thoughtful of how you want to scale it what it means um it's brand building. It's the most fun thing for me in the world. You know, uh, again, Moose is in the room. If you guys see him, I, I love him. Um, he's in here. Uh, he's got a beautiful photo. Like he's been a lot of brands, Bur you know, Burberry, Nike, Apple, you know, and we've interacted as friends and associates through the years. And like, he's had this incredible marketing career and I've always liked him because I felt it was natural to him. Nick Tran, another one of our friends, Bobby, like at the CMO of TikTok. There's certain people that brand comes natural to. For me, it's second nature. It's what I understand. It's why I'm so excited about Friends. Like building Gary V, the brand is exhausting. You're a human being. You have to take on all the baggage that comes along with putting yourself out there. I have real conviction and passion around what I want to say and what I want to leave the earth with and, you know, pass on a lot of things that, came natural to me or was parented into me. And, you know, for me using patient panda or accountable ant or curious crane is a lot more fun in a lot of ways going from Mickey mouse to Walt Disney, going from Hulk Hogan to Vince McMahon is going to be really exciting for me. And that's my plan with V friends. And that will be brand building storytelling, streetwear collaborations to animated shows, to toys, to collectible games, to trading cards, everything I grew up with, from Transformers and Thundercats and He-Man and My Little Pony and Care Bears, all that garage sailing, all that pop culture understanding, it's all coming to the forefront now. I think one of the things that you had mentioned that really resonates with me the most about NFTs is the tribalism and the community. It's my favorite part, uh, more than the investment side. And I think if we continue to lean on emphasize those parts. I, I feel like we have a lot of longevity and strength in this culture and community over time. Yeah, but, but, but on that note, while I've got so many bright people, by the way, Johnny cupcakes in the building, another guy's done a great job that I've watched from afar for a long time. Um, I think that's right, Bobby, but I, you know, but I think that um, we have to be incredibly careful because I think a lot of people say community and support artists and then their behavior doesn't match it. I think there's a ton of hypocrisy in the market right now. I think people are optically painting, you know, social signaling, but then if you look at their behaviors, they're pumping their bags, they're tearing down other projects thinking that it helps their project. Um, 
I think we have to be careful. I think we have to recognize that there's a lot of people in this right now because they're day trading and making money. And listen, I'm an entrepreneur and I like flipping things. I like flipping toys and sports cards. And, you know, it's why a lot of people bought wine from me. I was right about the wines that went up back in the 90s and 2000s. There's nothing wrong with having commercial interests, supporting your family, trying to quote unquote do well as a business person. I do think it's a little bit of a dangerous time right now because I do see the majority of people speaking altruism but executing greedy capitalism. And I, it's something that I really wanna talk more about. Like, don't bullshit what your intentions are. It's just not authentic and it will never end well for you and everything is trackable. One of the reasons I was so excited about NFTs is I love the sports card world, but as my influence raised in sports card land, people started making fake allegations that I would talk about Devin Booker to flip my Devin Bookers while I kept all my cards and I still have them. And so that hurt my feelings. I didn't like people trying to tarnish my reputation, but there was no way for me really to prove it, uh, though nobody ever had any proof because it never happened. With NFT land, I love it. One of the reasons I maintain public wallets, the two that I have, Gary Vee and Ginazzi, is because I want people to see everything I'm doing. So if I, if I believe in creatures or world of women, or women and weapons, or Mumbat, the artist, like I'll say it, and then I'm, you know, because I know what I'm doing. I'm holding, you know, I'm holding 90%, 85% in perpetuity, probably. Um, and so that's a, that's something that. Um, I think we have to be very cautious about. I think there's a lot of uh, a lot of fake talk in our space right now under the guise of, you know, it's all community and we love each other and Nirvana and we're changing the world. Yet, if you really look the way I do, and that's what I do for a living, I really pay attention. I read qualitative feedback at scale and then I follow the breadcrumbs. There's a lot of people speaking things to manipulate the market so that they can sell their tokens for a profit. Yeah, 100% correct. And in fact, speaking of the marketplace, one thing I did want to talk about this elephant in the room, which is actually a bit of a bear, uh, NFTs have been taking kind of a hit if you're just looking at sales and transactions over the last few weeks. And in fact, this has actually been going on for a few months now, there's been a little bit of a deceleration. And we've seen this before, right? Like this happened in the spring earlier this year. Um, some attribute it to Ethereum surge. Some are just saying there's a lot of trash NFTs out there. Uh, maybe people are starting to cut through a lot of the inauthenticity and seeing this for what it really can be with certain projects. I don't know if you had any thoughts on that and how you're staying committed without letting the fear and certainty and doubt distract you. Uh, do you have any advice for people who might be worried or who might be wondering where this is all going from here? Sure. I mean, I've I've like completely not paid attention for this reason. And this would be my number one advice for everybody. Please, my friends, and, and really looking at all the faces in these almost 3,000 people, there's a lot of friends, aka I actually know you, or I've definitely interacted with you, you know, in a light or meaningful way. Please, my friends, with all my heart, please do not spend money on NFTs during this era that is money you can't afford to lose. Please, please don't do that. It's so important. It is my number one goal to get across to everybody. And I hope that everybody, literally all 3,000 people here, tweet that quote and reshare everybody else tweeting it so that we can get 10,000 tweets in two seconds on the timeline. 
do not spend a dollar more than you can afford to lose. If you're playing long, if you believe so much, because I see a lot of you talking about it, if you believe so much in the long-term of NFTs or in the long-term value of your project, you don't look. I don't fucking look, Bobby. Like, I'm not worried if it's hot, bear, or bull, or what have you. Like, I've made a commitment to the space and to the projects I believe in and to the artists I believe in and to the IP I believe in or the collectible, and I'm going to sleep because if everything goes to zero, it won't change my life. I'll lose a lot of value on paper, but it's not value that I'm looking to deploy against feeding my family or putting a shelter over my roof. And so I'm incredibly concerned that people are spending money that they can't afford to lose. And what I'm triple concerned about is youngsters who got shit on this summer and spring for believing in NFTs, who've now made money on NFTs. Now they went from everybody making fun of them or being cynical in their circles to now having be the winner if we have a hardcore crash, then all of a sudden they're a major loser. Many of these kids are talking shit to their friends right now, like, I'm smart. They have their self-esteem wrapped up in their success in NFT land. And if there's a crash, there's no hiding. And I'm very concerned that that leads to very dangerous frameworks. That if people have their self-esteem wrapped up in their NFT success, and then the NFT market crashes, there's a reason why stockbrokers and people on Wall Street jump out of windows. I'm very concerned. We have to talk about this as a community. Do not spend money that you can't afford to lose. And if you're doing well, don't talk down to your friends that didn't get into NFT land. Speak to them and, and be kind. You're not cool. You're not special just because you made some money on a fucking JPEG. Like, calm it down. Get your humility down. Don't go too high so when shit hits the fan, you won't go too low. So to answer your question is, especially the 3,000 people that are in here, I've seen the majority of the people in here tweet that they're about this forever and this is what they're gonna be in and this is what they believe in and this fucking you know, rat or squirrel or llama is what they believe in. So if that's true, if you fucking believe so much, the fuck are you worried about of the prices right now? Bobby, if VaynerMedia was an NFT, I went three years without making a dollar. The floor would absolutely. Have been the floor would have been a disaster. A hundred percent. I talk these, about this all the time. Yeah, all the all these people in my Discord are like, "Yeah, you got to do something." Like all these other, I'm like, first of all, I cheer for every other project. When I see fucking creatures or world of women or bored ape or gutter cats or craniums this or lions that, I fucking cheer for every one of you. Bombs this and fucking all of you. I see Sean Doris in here. I'm fucking obsessed with what he's doing because I've seen him build community and actually give a fuck. So I'm gonna buy the fuck out of his bubblegum machines. Like fuck, I'm rooting for everybody in here. I see people tearing down subtly, cleverly, sneakily. They tear down other people's projects because they think it's gonna help their bag. Let, let there be no confusion. Let there be no confusion. The dominating energies in this space right now are optimism, creativity, and fucking greed. 100%. We talk about this all the time, even within the context of the hundreds. We've been running this company for 18 years. The first three years, we didn't turn a profit. And if we had to build this company today on the backs of NFTs, Everyone would just consider it a failure and a loss for three years straight before they saw anything turn around. Bobby, can I, can, I tell you, can I tell you a secret? 
Yes, please. Please tell all 3,000 of us a secret. <laughs> this room is packed. I secretly kind of want to not do anything. Like, I've been debating weirdly the last couple of weeks doing nothing for VFriends for nine months, weeding yeah. everybody out. I almost wanted to go to, like, Mint Pro. Like, I just want to make a point, which is, like, either you're in it for the long haul and you believe or you're not. I'm with you. And we've actually been low-key running that strategy since the beginning of our project as well. And we are seeing the real consistent, the committed community stay with the project for life. And the people who were nervous, the nervous money, we just, we didn't really need it to be quite honest. We wanted people here for the long haul who, who really and, believed. And, I think that's what NFTs and, need. I think and, everyone expected NFTs to just and there's kind of this energy and this rationale with a lot of collectors or investors that they think this is not really going to last. I and mean, that is, that is, let me tell you this. The macro is going to last forever. The micro, I believe that literally if I looked on OpenSea's top 100 right now, I do believe that 87 of them are going to zero. Totally. Has so, to. Happen, so, it happens with every, everyone it, knows the statistics course. on small businesses and brands. This happens in every industry. Of course. But the, Difference is, it was a lot of money to start an iPhone game. It was a lot of money to start a startup during the internet. The supply and demand is a problem. The cost of entry to put out a PFP project right now is so low that the supply is so extraordinary. And we haven't even gotten into the fact that right now we're still in an ETH world, but we have Solana, we have Matic, we have Immutable. Like, costs are going to drive down even more. And... It's like influencers. I view NFTs like I view influencers. I was quote unquote right in 2008 when I wrote Crush It and everybody, if you go look at the Amazon reviews of Crush It, people shit on me saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. People are gonna make 100,000 a year on YouTube, which is now a joke because millions do, millions. Same thing's gonna happen with NFTs. I think that there will be a long tail. When I say go to zero, I actually don't, I need to clarify that. I think that there'll be things that go to a couple hundred bucks a piece that are now, you know, 5,000. I actually think there's a remarkable long tail for artists, one of ones, and even PFP projects, like, which is amazing. My argument with Crush It in 08 was somebody who was destined to be a lawyer and hates it to be a influencer about honey or sneakers, what a life. Instead of making 230 being miserable, you might make 130 being ecstatic, which is a much better life because it's not just about the money. Oh, by the way, if you love it, I actually argue you have a better chance to get the 330 a year or 50,000 instead of 40,000. So it was that was the argument. Same thing's gonna happen here, right? There's gonna be a very long tail. There's only gonna be a couple of, you know, five, 10, 15, 25 blue chips, but there's gonna be a lot of great little projects. My only concern is that the pricing right now is as if everything's gonna be dominant. And so you have to be careful. I also don't like the behaviors. People are like, well, it's about the community. Well, that's like a fan base that has vested interest. That's what, you know, of course a gambler is gonna be rooting for the Browns, right? If they bet on the Browns, but if the Browns don't go execute, they're gonna go away from that pretty quickly. There's a lot of communities right now that are built on the short-term financial greed. They, like if you go, like I go and lurk on discords probably all day long. I know what the fuck I'm doing. And if you go read all the discords, they're not talking about storytelling and IP building and organizations. Everyone's talking about how they can do something real quick to pump the fucking floor.
let there be no fucking confusion out here. And people are supporting anonymous founders that they don't even know who the fuck is driving the project and they're excited about minting that. Like, this is about, you, like, <laughs> the winners of this space are gonna be very clear. It's when you believe in her or him's ability to navigate the project for a decade. That's it, that's the fucking blueprint. And I feel like you've proven that track record quite well in, in the course of your career. Yeah, I, I mean, that I'll, all the I'll time be, I'll, just, to, yeah. just, to, just to do little rap battle, like just to go into that, Gary, let there be no fucking confusion. Be Friends is gonna be the number one fucking project in the world in a decade. And, number I two. Think board, and I think Board Ape is remarkable, and I think you guys are remarkable, and I think Cool Cats are remarkable, and I think fucking, look, Punks plays in an animal, Punks is a different animal altogether. They don't do anything, and they're gonna continue to compound. So let's just put them over there. But like, yeah, I'm not fucking joking around out here. I'm fucking laughing every day, watching all of you underestimate me. I love it. We have, we carry the same energy, carry. <laughs> And 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 it wasn't it amazing to see punks at NFT NYC do absolutely zero, like that. I, that but that's, that's but look, they're on some artifact shit, right? Board Ape is trying to be Kith and Supreme, and if they win it, they'll be Nike, right? I'm trying to do some fucking Vince McMahon, Walt Disney shit, right? Other people are battling to be He Man and fucking Pokemon and fucking. So that's that thing. So like everyone's playing a slightly different game. But it's all going to be based on can you make it matter, right? I think, you know, back to street culture. I think we could all agree that this is today, on this day, Supremes are not as hot as their apex moment, right? Because it's hard when you're that cool, right? That will be the fun thing to watch from the sidelines on Board Ape. And I cheer for those guys heavy, especially with Guy Osiri involved now, who's my guy, is they're going to have to execute very properly for a long time to get to the value that they're at. I'm going to have to do the same. I've got to do, I mean, right now, BeFriends is priced in. There's enough people that believe in me that have priced it as if I'm going to execute. So I have a lot of work to do. I have like incredible amount of pressure. For me, if BeFriends, the reason I'm confident is I, if BeFriends fails, I'm finished. That's truly what I believe because so much of what I do is built on my reputation. So for me, not posting as Gary V anymore, not helping my dad with Wine Library, not doing public speaking, not writing books, and not even running VaynerX, which is now a fucking <laughs> very big company, um, you know, is all on the cards for VFriends because if that's why I'm confident. Like, I'll bet the fucking house on it. And I don't think most people are doing that. I think people are, I know a lot of the founders of these projects, they view them like startups. Like, well, if this one fails, I'll do the next one or the next one. I don't know, man. There's a lot of formula for a lot of vulnerability in the marketplace. For me, it's not an option. I'm too tied to it. I'm the same with you. I'm right there alongside you. I, I wanted to ask you, actually, I feel like it's important to talk about all the mental health aspects that come with this on the founder side and the collector side, right? I mean, we touched upon it a little bit earlier. Let me, let me, but... just, let me, let me just address something with Senenga33. Maybe something I said about the community. Um, let me nuance it because he put out a great tweet. He's like, I'm confused. Is this a joke or was this the context? The context of when I say community is, I hear a lot of people talking like, no, Gary, you don't get it. This worm project's gonna do well because we, the community is awesome. And the point from the person was, it doesn't matter what the founders do. We, the community are gonna do it, right? The point on like how I established Be Friends on like, you know, it's an NFT project of meaningful intellectual property and extraordinary community. Like a community is a great 
secondary aspect, but it can't be the driver. So I just wanted to create that clarity from that tweet. Thank you for that. I really believe that. Um, like, I get the community thing and it's powerful, but you have to understand, like, <laughs> if the people that actually own the IP, and I'm not even talking about when you get derivative ability to do things with the IP, because that gets into fragmentation. And I actually think the shared IP monetization thing is a danger. The reason that brands worry about counterfeit is not the lost revenue, it's the dilution of brand of shitty stuff. If the community owns the IP and the community starts doing shitty stuff, the end consumer, you know, the 8 billion, not the fucking 10,000 or 5,000 that own the tokens, starts getting confused about the narrative. So, like, whoever's driving really fucking matters. It's like anything in life, like, leadership matters. This is a frustrating, if not tense point I run into all the time in my discovery and process in NFTs as well, is that it's so community-led and so democratic, uh, but at the same time, branding is really about a singular unified voice that's reinforced time and time again. How to, you know, basically rally up a community to share the same tone, I, I, the same, I, I, the same listen, language. I'll, I'll, say, I'll say this. I'm sorry to interrupt because I, I got to run in a minute. Like the Steve Jobs thing, this, where you're going, I really believe in. And that's what I'm doing with be friends. I do believe that there's a healthy balance opportunity. I do think you can get incredible stuff from the community. And I'm for it. I just want to make sure that people realize a project that's led by a singular human being, right? Sarah Bauman, who I like a lot on World of Women, she can singularly win it. She can. She can, if she controls all of it and builds the weapons of women and weapons of women, like if she builds, like she can do it. A human can do it. We've seen it. A community can be an incredible support system to that founder, visionary, driver, person. I do think it will be a challenge to have 5,000 different people with 5,000 different agendas, even though they have one macro agenda, which is to make the IP successful. I, you know, everyone's like, well, Gary, this one's going to do a TV show. I'm like, do you know how many cartoons failed? Like Tom and fucking Jerry had a solid movie come out recently. Right, Bobby? You saw that, right? It came out. It was solid-ish. <laughs> Yep. But, but let there be no confusion. It didn't elevate the brand so much. I don't see Tom and Jerry penetrating culture and popular culture. And they had a fairly successful movie. Like, this is fucking hard out here. We need to be very, like, everyone's throwing around, like, oh, no, no, don't worry. They're going to do video. They're, Gary, they're going to do a game. I'm like, 99 fucking percent of games fail, Bobby. <laughs> You're like, absolutely people right. Are throwing, people are like, Gary, the roadmap. I'm like, motherfucker, that's a deck. I've seen a million pitch decks that the people <laughs> didn't fucking execute. Like, what are you fucking talking about out here? Listen, we need more of this talk in this space because people are going to lose money. I don't want people to lose money. This is not like Web 2.0 and the fact that in Web 2.0, even though it was going to change the world, there was no money being traded every day. It was longer term. Right now, we have a lot of people spending money they can't afford on bets that they don't understand. And for the 3,000 people in this room that are in it deeper, we have a sense of responsibility to speak to all of the angles, 4,000, excuse me, the 4,000 people in this room. We, listen, I think it's nice if you share your complete thoughts, not the ones that just help you have your tokens go up a little bit in price over the next week. And that's important to me. Yes, do I think VFriends is gonna win? Of course I do. I'm gonna bet my life on it. Do I think there'll be 10 to 15 other blue chips? Of course I do. Do I think some of these mid themes will? Of course I do. I, I want to support artists left and right. I'm doing it every Saturday, buying new stuff. It's so fun. It's amazing. It's a great time. But let's not forget the other part. And when the winter comes, 
just like April 2000 for the internet, just like many other times, the recession after Web2 blew up and social blew up, we had the recession. Because don't forget, it's not just NFTs. What if the government fucking rules on stuff? Like, what if the US comes out tomorrow and changes some shit? Like, we know there's legislation going on. Please, let's be thoughtful. Let's start with this. Do it for the right reasons with money that you can afford. Because you start doing that gold rush mentality, some of you going to fucking zero forever. And right now you look like a hero and your fucking avatar's good and you're cool amongst your friends and you're gonna get caught. So please, 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 with all my heart, please be thoughtful. That's what I'm leaving. Gary, go. Gary just it. to refresh everyone's memory in the room, what are those right reasons? And let that, let's let that be the takeaway. The right reasons is if you can afford to support an artist and you, it only costs you 800 bucks and you genuinely think the picture is beautiful, that's amazing. That's how art's always worked. By the way, if you wanna do better for your family and you wanna day trade NFTs, that's fine. But don't be a hypocrite or don't be someone who's lying and saying, well, I'm in it for the communities or I'm in it for the, you know, the innovation, but what your interests are, like it's okay to own those commercial interests um, because I don't want your reputation to get ruined. I don't give, by the way, on the record, do whatever the fuck you want. Who the fuck am I? Fuck me. I'm one dude. I'm just talking what I see and what I've seen time and time again because what experience does is it fucking gives you great clarity. And at 46 years old this Sunday, I have a lot of fucking clarity. I had it from the get because it's my natural fucking talent, but now I really fucking have it. And I really, really, really want people to be thoughtful. And for the people that are creating projects, all I think about with BeFriends every second of my life is what's in it for them. Why the fuck would they have this? What can I do for them? And I, I have a lot of meetings with a lot of people creating things and there's a whole lot of me and I'm gonna get this and this is how much I'm gonna make and this is the, and, and it's just the wrong form. It's not a sustainable model. You can make a bag in the short term, but you're gonna burn your reputation. This is a time when reputations are gonna be made and destroyed. Don't destroy yours, it's the only currency. We love it, Gary. Thank you so much for spending your time with us today. I know you got to run to your game. Um, we'll talk soon. Everyone to remember, you, you, got, you got a book coming out, and we have VFriends 2.0 coming out. So I just wanted to add that in while you're still in the room with Fuck us. Fuck that bullshit. That'll be all fine. I'm going to win that regardless. I appreciate where you're coming from. <laughs> I love you, and we'll talk soon. And have I'm fun gonna, at the I'm going to read all Thanks, the tweets Gary. right now. Tell me what the observations were, guys. I'm going to jump in this car. I love you. Bye, everyone. Bye, guys and gals. Bye, love Gary. you. Bye, all right, for everyone else who's still in the room with us, um, we'll, we'll carry it on a little bit further. We got some guests that I, I think we should bring up. I know O'Shiny's in the room. Um, if we can find O'Shiny, let's see if he's in the requests. Uh, we have, I think, just some, some other friends in the room up here. If we can get Musa or whatnot. Um, also, uh, if you look up at the top, there is a POAP associated with today's bomb talk. Uh, you can claim that right now. There's a direct link to make it easy for everyone. Uh, we had about 4,000 people right there listening in to Gary. And, and just to recap the things that Gary was talking about, people actually, that was a little bit sobering. You might have been a little bit surprised even by listening to some of the things that Gary was saying. Now, this is nothing new. Gary has been speaking like this on NFTs and crypto for the entire year. He's always had a word of caution. He's always said to use your discretion. Be really thoughtful about what you're buying into. We're not doing this for quick flips or, you know, or, or just quick flips or just to make a ton of money and leave the space. We're doing this because we, number one, people like me, we genuinely just love the conversation. We love having this conversation. We love thinking about where this technology can take us, this Web3 technology, what the future might look like 
built on the backs of creators who are actually getting fairly compensated for their work. They're getting their equal share of credit for the work in a way that Web 2.0 never provided us. 10 to 15 years of us being conditioned and told time and again that all of our content that we were creating, especially as artists and creators and writers and photographers and actors and performers, we're making it all for free, just giving it away for free. Meanwhile, all that content and material was being profited off of, off of our backs, and we weren't ever seeing any of those, uh, any of that trickle down to us. And so um, that's what people like myself are in this for. Uh, we love having these discussions. We love talking about where this could potentially go. Something I wanted to talk to Gary about, but we didn't get to it. But I think in a year from now, and maybe even six, six months from now, I don't even think it's going to look like what we're looking at over the last six, the past six months of these characters, these cartoons on, you know, on squares, on JPEGs. I don't even think NFTs are really even going to be about that. Um, it might start from there. It might evolve. That might be the membership card that unlocks the next aspect of what this is. But these are very critical, necessary, elementary steps to get to where we're eventually going to go. I think in about a year, two years, five years, and especially 10 years, 20 years down the road, we're going to be looking back on this time saying, wow, how rudimentary it all was, how high the barrier of entry was, how we had to connect the MetaMask wallet in order to transfer Ethereum over to access a certain thing on the OpenSea website. It won't even be like that anymore. But we're doing the work right now. So anyone who's getting into NFTs today and you feel like you're behind, maybe you're late, you're not. Where every day this, this space is getting reset, there's new rules being implemented, the world is constantly being innovated. So if you're with us today, if today is day one, you know just about as much as I do at this point. And Gary kind of reset actually a lot of our realities and understandings of what NFTs have been for the last six months, especially since the summer, this really frothy summer where NFTs were just about trading and flipping and just kind of this day trading mentality, which to be quite honest, when Gary uh, got Ben and I into this back in January, it wasn't like this at all. <laughs> NFTs were really just about supporting young artists and making sure that they were getting paid. Uh, that's what we got into it for. And that changed, a lot of that tone changed over the summer and maybe it's changing back and correcting itself in a different way. Um, but anyways, I wanna make sure everyone gets that PO app up, po -op up top. Uh, I, we were trying to get Oshiny up here. I don't know if, um, if he's still in the room. Oshiny, raise your hand if you were there. But if not, uh, for everyone who have been, who's been listening this whole time, you're listening to Bomb, Bomb Talk by Adam Bomb Squad. I'm Bobby Hundreds. Uh, Bomb Talk is once a week, every week, every Monday. Um, let's see. Oh, Shiny says that he is requesting. If, if, if one of my hosts can find him in the room, bring him up. But every Monday, uh, I try to do this live right here on my Twitter uh, Past episodes are now able to be listened to wherever you get your podcasts. We had Steve Aoki for our first episode. We had Nick Diamond and Dylan Francis. We had uh, the Ethereals and Dead uh, Deadfellows. And we had um, Reese Witherspoon for a show. Last week, we did an in-real-life version of this during NFT Week in New York. We had uh, Baron Davis. Uh, we had Latasha. And we had Alan Henna. Um, that recording, we're, uh, we actually just were told that... Uh, that, that uh, Shopify never recorded it. So I don't know if we're going to be able to upload that one, but to this episode today, if you miss any part of it, it will be uh, recorded live and it'll be posted wherever you get your podcasts uh, by this time next week. And so come back every week for another guest. We have Artifacts show up there as well. 
Um, we're still trying to find Oshiny. I don't know if we hey, can... Are you uh, in we here? Sent Oshiny. We, we sent you an invite. Um, if you see it, please accept it. Uh, we just sent it out to you. All right. Is there anything else that you want to add, Sandy, about the POAP or if people are confused on any of that? Um, for people who aren't familiar with what POAP is, it is a free NFT on the XDAI network. Um, so if you don't already own an NFT, you're welcome to get your first one here. Um, it's really a proof of attendance. Um, the best comparison I could give for anyone who isn't really familiar with it is um, kind of like ticket stubs. Whenever you go to a movie or to a concert, you keep ticket stub. That's exactly what this is. Um, so if you do hit on that tweet that is pinned on the third one um, and just go ahead and accept it, fill out the form and put in the special code of Gary V, you will receive your very first um, NFT or a PO app if you haven't already had have one. So please do fill that out. Um, all 4,000 of you that are here. Thanks, Sandy, with the Atom Bomb Squad. And, and hey, well, we, we just had planned Gary for today, but we have Oshiny who is also quite the authoritative voice in NFTs. We're really lucky to have him up on stage right now. What's hey, going Bobby. On, it's How it's great you? to be here. You know something funny? I was joining. I, I had to exit, and then when I rejoined, it gave me the option to join as a speaker or as the audience, and I've never seen that. So I wonder if that's like a uh, a Twitter update. I mean, first and foremost, I love that you host these rooms. These Bomb Squad Present talks are so valuable and wonderful, um, and I appreciate all of Gary's insights and, honestly, cold, hard truths, uh, a lot of them. I will say, you know, I'm the community guy. Uh, when it comes to really thinking thoroughly around Web3 community, I want to make sure that we don't confuse the word with what Web2 community was, because I understand the point around making sure that there is singular leadership. But I think that there can be singular leadership in thought that doesn't need to be represented by a singular individual. Right now, we have communities where each part of the community can act actually as a piece of a company. We see that in decentralized finance all the time and understanding how to utilize the community members as parts of your team. That is actually the next step. And so trying to pattern match who's coming into the community based on the utility that they can provide the company and understanding that that community member can become a partner. That is the next step. And building it with those people is the next step. And I think that's a huge differentiator that Web3 has. I 100% I agree. What did you think about everything else that Gary was talking about today on stage and uh, issuing more of a cautionary tale of NFTs than anything else? Well, when you say cautionary, is there one thing that came to mind for you that, um, that struck you or that you wanted to discuss? I think many people, especially outside of this space or who don't have a very close uh, understanding of Gary, would have maybe assumed that walking into this room, he would be just pumping up NFTs, telling people how to get rich quick, um, how to do a quick, you know, a quick flip or day trade. But in, instead, he came up here and he was reminding everyone to be very responsible with the way they spend, expect it all to go to zero, that most of these projects as you and I know, are going to go to zero and they're going to disappear probably a lot faster than people realize. Um, and so I don't know. I, that didn't strike yeah. me because I'm used to hearing him speak like this. But I'm sure for many other people who are new to NFTs and excited about it, it might have been a little bit of a, a yellow light, just a little bit of a pause and think. 
Yeah, I, I love that. And I, I completely resonate with that because I look at a time horizon around my involvement with the NFT space, not as multi-day or multi-month or even multi-year, but I'm going to be here for the rest of my life because I truly believe that all of us are trying to build a new world together. And so I would, I would look at it from a different perspective, even though that perspective might have the same conclusion, which is how are you actually spending your time in a space that has immense opportunity and unlimited upside? Are you spending it on things that are actually capped where you know you reflect on what you're looking at, what you're buying, and you know that's not going to be an integral part of the metaverse. You know that's not going to change the way people represent themselves in the digital world. Don't spend your time on it. The cost is too great for the opportunity that you have in front of you right now. That's how I would think about it. I think you're absolutely right. What is it about NFTs for you that is most appealing? What, why are you throwing your life at it so much? Wow, that's that's a big that's a big question because <laughs> I, I I think about so many different reasons, but it starts from the foundation, the very core of how we actually distribute things. That's the beauty of blockchain. We can distribute in a more efficient way. And I know that doesn't sound very emotional, even though I am very emotional about this stuff, but it actually changes the whole way we build structures, the whole way we communicate, the whole way we rely on other people, the whole way culture develops. It comes from this new efficiency where you don't have to trust a third party to get in the way of you and someone else having a transaction. That is what the blockchain does, first and foremost. And that is something beautiful because it removes the middleman. It allows value to go between people in a way that's never happened before. And it aligns incentives in, in a completely new way. The NFT itself, why I love that as an innovation is because once you actually own something, you feel like you live there. Never have we felt like we've lived, other than like very rare circumstances, in the digital world. Sure, you could build your social profile there. Over you know, 20 years, we've all been developing our social profile, our identity in the digital world, but we've never owned it. And when you own something, all of a sudden you can provide value back. And I think this idea of providing value back into a system where, where instead of being a lurker, instead of being passive, you can be additive, you can be valued. That is going to impact the global economy. It is going to create more job optionalities, is going to create more choices for people, more self-expression. I mean, that's, that's sort of the macro of why I get so pumped up talking about all this stuff, because we're really changing the way that people can communicate with each other, they can capture value, and it's happening with NFTs because for the first time ever, we feel like we can actually live where we own and we have the tools to provide value back and be given value for it in exchange. We have Dave Krugman up on stage and Dave is a really great example of a creator. He's a photographer uh, who's doing quite well with NFTs and his work is being seen by the audience that he wants to see it. And it's also, um, it's performing quite well. Dave, do you want to talk a little bit about how NFTs have enabled you in your career over the last year and, and, and where you see that going, especially as far as photography? Because I feel like this is not a newer medium to NFTs, but something that people are very excited about seeing coming uh, because we see a lot of these cartoon JPEGs um, but photography, what is it about photography and NFTs? 
I'm glad you asked, Bobby. Thank you so much for, for having me here. Um, I, I particularly love, I love everything that's happening with Web3, but particularly to address your question regarding photography. Um, photography in itself is a form, I, I truly believe is a form of blockchain technology. And if you look at the, you know, Bitcoin white paper, it, they're referring to blockchains as, as time chains. And I love to think of like even a roll of film as like a block uh, in, in these time chains that is like immutably tied to history in a way, right? And how do we value images in our society? By a collective decentralized consensus about its, its contribution to our culture. And I think that that in itself is why a perfect use case for this technology is the craft uh, of photography. And I've seen so many different examples of this um, and so many different approaches. And, and one of the amazing approaches I'm seeing is people like Michael Christopher Brown, for example, who is a, a renowned photojournalist. And he's actually using NFTs from his past, you know, images from his past explorations around the world to fund future trips to cover stories, decoupling himself from mass media and also raising money for those very causes that he goes and covers. So if you just think about that one small example, the vast landscape ahead of us as photographers and, and the way that we can actually use this technology to change the world for the better is just astounding. And I, and I think as bullish as I am on this stuff, it's not bullish enough. Um, the other thing I would love to, to tap into here is that I truly feel like this digital society we are building is actually closer to, to the environment in which we evolved in, our environment of evolution. So if you think about, you know, for tens of thousands of years, we were optimizing for like kind of tribal hunter-gatherer societies that explored this environment and gathered resources together. And so we are, we are tuned to recognize patterns. We are tuned to exchange value, to barter, to have tribal identity and community. And so the reason everyone's so euphoric about what's happening right now is because I truly feel like we're getting closer to our evolutionary truth of like what we we optimized for and and that makes me you know just so excited because as somebody who never fit into bureaucracies or systems and i i always was at the fringes of things even in fifth grade i remember like you know skipping school and just not wanting to be in that system and wanting to to, to do my own thing and that continued all throughout my time in, in advertising industries and and all sorts of creative industries this is the first time where i truly feel like i found my people and my my community and it's just so strong, such a strong feeling that, that is a, this return to, to my evol evolutionary roots. It feels that deeply embedded in me. So I, I, I wanted to say that as well. Oh, I love that. <laughs> That's beautiful. Um, I invited a few more creators up on stage. I don't know if they're going to accept the request. I guess, uh, Shiny, while you're here and Dave, uh, where do you see this in six months or a year from now? Yeah, six months from now, I see, I honestly see millions more people that are interacting with NFTs. Um, I, I think that we are definitely going to see a lot more noise and speaking to Gary, social media, like I see more and more on TikTok that is talking about NFT projects in a speculative way. I see it on Instagram. I think that's probably what scares Gary in the sense that you need to be warning people right now. Um, there's so many people that are going to come in. They're going to come in from the wrong way. But everyone that's in this room today has that opportunity. Every person that one of us brings in today, because we're so early, that could affect thousands, tens of thousands of people. And so no, there will be millions here. 
in the next six months, in the next year. But you have the opportunity today to set really the narrative that they are going to receive. I invited Amir up on stage. Now, Amir is a, a classical artist, painter, um, just really, really complex and beautiful work, has a, has a really amazing career. And this year has also dived into NFTs, just like us. Um, but he, he has, a, I think, a pretty unique perspective on it all because he's seen it from the gallery world, the blue chip art world. Um, and now he's looking at it from from a different perspective with NFTs and metaverse. Amir, I, I don't know if you have time, but if you wanted to just throw in some thoughts on, on the things that we were talking about today um, and where, where it sits with you. Yeah. Hey, Bobby. Good to talk to you. Um, yeah. You know, I was listening to Gary talk and. I agree with him. Like, I think everybody is seeing dollar signs and these uh, PFP projects and like dumping, you know, like all their money into it. And uh, it actually reminds me a lot of, you know, like 20 years ago when you and I were getting our feet wet with, uh, you know, in the streetwear world and with my magazine. And uh, most of those companies aren't around, including my own magazine that I did, uh, you know, obviously you guys survived and are doing great. But, you know, as Gary was talking about how, you know, he's all in and, uh, you know, he's going to put everything into it. I mean, he sounds very sincere, but the one thing that, that kind of made me, I don't know, the one thing that just popped into my mind was that, you know, as far as experience with this, like, he hasn't done a Disney or something like that, like in his previous projects. So even his project, there's so many questions that are up in the air. Like most of these people that are doing board ape or, or all these other PFPs that are like promising the world, none of them have experience with doing anything other than uh, NFTs, you know, like, well, he's like a very successful businessman, but more in the, uh, you know, with wine and then later on with uh, motivational speaking and things of that sort. So even with his project, who knows where it's going to end up? I mean, it could, you know, it could, it could yeah, be the next absolutely. Disney uh, or it could not, you know. Uh, and I, so I, I think like everybody just needs to take everything that they hear with a huge grain of salt because this is all so experimental and, and speculative, super speculative, super unknown. You know, um, everybody wants to do well. And if you're ambitious, uh, you know, you're going to bring 100% into it. So, yeah, you know, I guess I just go into it. You know, I'm more on the art side of things. And I've I've been involved since like last December. But in that entire time, I've released like 10 or 11 NFTs on Super Rare and recently on Maker's Place. And I've spent most of this time just listening and trying to learn and learn about all the various different aspects of this ecosystem. Cause there's, I mean, the, the term NFT is so broad and generalized. Like there's 10 different, uh, it's like saying, Oh, I'm into the clothing business. Like what the fuck does that mean? You know, are you, uh, are you saying selling bibs for babies or are you, you know, doing <laughs> Supreme? I mean, it's like, you know, the, the I, range I always, in NFTs is yeah. that wide, you know? I always feel like it's like just saying I'm in business. Right, exactly. It's and, so broad. Because NFTs can be fashion, it can be music, it can be real estate, it could be sports, 
it's everything. Yeah. Everything that you see in the physical world could potentially be an NFT. Well, if and not you know, more to, in that, the to that point, to that point, actually, and uh, uh, Amir, you bring up a, a wonderful point, just uh, continuing to have caution even for the projects that we speak about, even that Gary speaks about. Um, but to the, to the point you're saying, Bobby, that anything could be an NFT, the truth is right now, a lot of things can't. And that doesn't mean that they won't, but right now they can't. And complex coordination is one of the reasons in terms of being able to actually communicate and, and vote on things um, and divvy up responsibilities in a decentralized way. We're not quite there yet with decentralized autonomous organizations now, but we're also not quite there, for instance, bringing physical assets online. And I, I want to make sure there were a lot of great ideas in 2017. A lot of those ideas didn't pan out because the timeline attached to them wasn't realistic. And so as we're looking into the future now, it's wonderful to see so many different industries try to come in and utilize NFT technology. But I have to say, please analyze, can they even do this right now? Are all the tools there? If they're building the tools, it's a different story. But just make sure whatever you're putting your time and money into, they, they have a clean roadmap where they won't actually have to butt against, oh, wait, I, I can't do that because the tools haven't even been built yet. And that will be a problem time and time again. That's right. If it's the, the ideas are far outpacing the infrastructure, right? In all of NFTs. And I think that's going to continually be a challenge, even internally within projects. Uh, we can't hire fast enough. We can't hire enough people to handle the inbound and the amount of ideas that we have planned around our project, Adam Bomb Squad. And so on an industry-wide level or just on like a space level, um, that I think is going to be perhaps the greatest threat to NFTs is that we are going to just get so far ahead of ourselves of what we want, what we foresee being possible with, but it will take time and no one wants to invest the time. My, my biggest cat, catchphrase or quote around our entire project is sometimes it takes some time. And we saw the benefits and the fruits of that in building a brand that was partially even before uh, social media started. And so we had time for, Gary was speaking about, it took like a few years, right? It, it took us three years to turn a profit with the hundreds, but that was really necessary to build a very organic I mean, Bobby, and authentic I would, foundation. I, I would love to turn it over back to you actually, because you make a perfect point and you are the perfect example of someone who has been willing time and time again to take that time you were you were writing blogs before people knew what the word blog was videos before before we had youtube and so i've always always respected that about you what has it been that's allowed you to stay in that pocket to be confident in the things that didn't provide that immediate return in doing those things in pursuing new technologies and staying consistent oh man i didn't expect this to turn around on me <laughs> um <laughs> Look, my I know this sounds crazy and people can believe it or not, but if you if you've been a part of our community since the start, you know that I'm not driven or motivated by money. Uh, it's just never been the carrot that's dangled in front of me. I I've always been driven by work, uh just really good work. Um I've been driven by uh the people that I get to associate with and learn from every day. I mean, these are the things that, that this project has always been about. And there are times when there's plentiful money and we're reaping just harvest, you know, just like a really, really lush harvest and it's out there and those years will come. And then there's years of drought 
And I wrote a book about that. It's called This Is Not a T-Shirt. Um, it's it's not a success story. It's it's 18 years of building this brand, the hundreds, and it's a failure story of constantly making mistakes and learning and learning. And that's the journey. And that's the thing that I really am kind of concerned about when I look at NFTs is that no one is allowing room for failure or for seasons of drought. And we have to have those. You need to have those. You need times to sleep so that your body can rejuvenate and so that you can think. You need times of quiet so you can think and you can hear yourself. And nobody wants that. To, no one wants to allow those those spaces to exist in NFTs. And I, it kind of blows me away. You know, no one ever wants to see failure. No one ever wants to see dips. And I'm like, but you need the dips. You need to conserve the energy. That's where you learn. The mistakes is, I mean, it's cliche, but the mistakes is... Is, is where you learn your lessons. And so like, are we not going to learn in this space? We're only going to be winning and making money forever. Is it just never going to stop? I mean, that's ridiculous. Uh, we are most creative in times of struggle, right? And so when I'm always looking around the world and I'm navigating which uh, parts of the world are going to be coming up next, I'm actually looking at regions where they're coming from great struggle and that they've faced a lot of opposition because that is when they've had to really flex their imaginations and create and find their ways out and find solutions. That's and, great advice. Uh, and we need that. We need that with NFTs and we need it with crypto. And so it's been a bearish market the last few weeks, especially in NFTs and people are very worried, but I'm so inspired by it. I'm like, this is the time guys. This is the time to work and to strike and set up the next season to last you know even longer than it is now. You know, just a short um, anecdote, when I joined in NFTs, well, specifically when I joined Axie Infinity, there were 200 people in the Discord, and it was the middle of crypto winter. Crypto was, had fallen 70, 80% off in value. People had been wrecked. Companies were getting closed. And NFTs were like a stepchild to that. They had just started. They were in their infancy. There was no liquidity. So what were people even doing there? They were following their curiosities. They saw a new technology and they thought, I can impact the world. I can change my life. And they didn't care about time. And sometimes it's even easier at that point because, oh, it's not about the money. I know because it's not there in front of me, you know, but in other ways, that's really where you find the meaning within yourself because there aren't those distractions, even though it's tough. So I understand what you're saying. And with Axie Infinity, every single person there had a dream. Oh, I want to build, build this um, news media outlet in Lunasia, which is Axie's open world. I want to start a farm in Lunasia. And like, these things were years away. But they had that ability to follow their curiosity. And so there's a lot of distraction today. But if you can, I would let your curiosity lead you first. That is that is what sort of wells that passion up most organically and will allow you to maintain. 100% agree. I feel you know, there's that word FUD, right? It stands for fear, uncertainty, and doubt. And people in the NFT space are well familiar with it. And FUD wells up, speaking of welling up, it has it, it, really seemed to absorb much of the Discord communities the last few weeks. And, and with projects that aren't performing the way that people want them to, there's a lot of anxiety. And if you think about those emotions, they're generally genuine, generously tied to money uh, with the fear of losing money. And so that's why when I say that I'm not really motivated by money, I don't even like really having in the same room because 
when you think about money, you're also thinking about losing money. As much as you're thinking about making it, you're also thinking about what happens when I lose it. And if you can remove that from the process and from the conversation, focus on why you're there to begin with, which is you believe in the work. You're committed to the work. You believe in the ideas. You see the visions. You have the dreams. You're passionate about this. Um, then then the money really has no place and money comes and goes. And uh, for people who've experienced um, uh, having money and, and going through seasons of that, you also know how fast it can disappear. And all the money that came as fast as it did with NFTs this year, it's going to disappear as, as fast if it hasn't already for many people. And that winter is only just beginning in some ways, um, whether it's a winter of less money or a winter of just stark realization of what this space can really be and how harsh it really can be. And so um, if you're in this, and Gary impresses, I think this is a takeaway take from the entire afternoon. If you're in this because you believe in the technology and the possibilities of what can come with Web3 and with this community aspect of it, what, you can, what, what this technology can provide for creators and for artists and for people to be properly compensated for the work and for, compens com for communities to, to properly be compensated um, even more so than the companies and the founders themselves. Like if you believe in all of that, uh, it's, it's a really wise investment. <laughs> And you're always going to be happy with the with the money you're putting in this space because you're you're paying for the price of the education. You're paying the price of founding founding this thing together. We're going to remember this for the rest of our lives that we were a part of this, right? Like I'm going to be very proud of it, just like I was in the early blog years in 1999, 2000, and then when social was starting up, I was really proud to be like I was one of the first people to do that. One of the first big Snapchat influencers, one of the first big bloggers in fashion and streetwear, like. I love being a part of that, but this this is transformative, revolutionary uh, for everyone, not just people in streetwear and fashion or in culture. It's for everyone, for the entire world. And so that's what we're paying for. Um, I, the money is going to come and go. It always does. you know. So like, you cannot establish your identity and your happiness and your idea of what success looks like around that. And just like Gary said, it's something I think about all the time, too. I mean, the government might just come along, crack down on a lot of this stuff. Right. Like every day I talk to lawyers who are like, hey, there's another case going on over here regarding NFTs and securities and regulations and regulatory measures like this is happening in real time, folks. Like they might just come around and put, you know, who knows what's going to happen, depending on who's in offense and who's throwing laws around and whatnot. And next year, especially we've had a relatively mild year as far as a lot of world issues. Right. There's always things going on. But let's say we run into a more severe climate issue more than we have as it is uh, this time next year, more social, social issues that are going to plague everybody, ec economy issues. Like these can fast come down. And the last thing we're going to want to talk about is cartoon JPEGs and how much money we're talking and how much money we're earning off of them. And so just remember that those times can come as well. So if we don't make it just about money and just about profiting and making and making these huge investments and turning dollars and we make it more about what we can do to help everyone and help young artists and help creative people and help everyone get compensated for the work uh i think we can have a much much more fun ride together bobby for congress <laughs> hey, hey bobby you know i i wanted to just highlight something that gary said that i thought was really really important uh when he mentioned uh how roadmaps are just like pitch decks. I thought I've been thinking that, uh, but on the art side for months now, and just every time I see a roadmap, I just kind of chuckle because I'm like, this is just like a grocery shopping list. There's no promises here. And so there's true. no way, 
there's no way to know if it's it's like you know it's like me being like I want to grow six feet tall, you know, like who knows if it's going to happen or not, probably not. But on the art side, I always think it's funny too, when, you know, there's like some 18 year old who's been making work, you know, for like a couple of months and everybody's like, this is the next Picasso, you know, and they're like, they got big plans in the works. They have a roadmap for their career. And I'm always thinking, well, you know, most, artists have cvs and a a cv is a roadmap in reverse it's like it's a list of things to do but you've already accomplished them and then you know i see some super accomplished artists coming into the space and not getting the uh not not getting the respect that they deserve even though they have you know their roadmap is like mostly complete they've achieved all all these big accolades and career highlights and so I guess what I'm trying to say is kind of, you know, just reiterate that, like, be careful if you're into uh, PFPs on roadmaps or even with artists. If people are making promises that seem too good to be true, a lot of times they might be, you know, the proof is in the pudding. I'd rather follow along with someone that actually has a proven track record than a bunch of empty promises. And I think that's 100%. what you guys did so well with your project and it's one of the only projects you know pfps that i've ever bought was because i'm like well i've known these guys for 20 years they actually have a business they have a vision they've done things they've thrown out events like i know everybody was freaking out out about the board Ape yacht club event but i'm like we used to do that stuff like every magic in august uh you know it's just another <laughs> it's just i know another, it comes so like, naturally uh, industry... to... <laughs> yeah uh, you know yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, I just think it's especially I think because we're a little bit older than most of the demo um, and we've just been around a little bit more. Maybe those things kind of feel a little bit more obvious. But to anybody younger that's kind of just getting into this stuff, just, you know, I, I would say take it slow and, you know, listen to some people that have been around for a while because, yeah, it's going to slow down at some point and you're going to be stuck holding thousands of dollars of like mediocre cartoons with like no utility and like a bunch of empty promises yeah i uh, gary kind of touched on that point too i think my partner ben ben hundred so i don't i think he's still in the room but ben and i even when we go out to invest in projects or we get a deck on our on our table and it's some new startup and they're seeking some kind of investment from us we always look to the people right so we're looking to invest in people more than the companies or even some of their ideas, even though they're grand ideas and they're, and they're really beautiful projects that we can foresee there being a lot of money on the other side of it. It's the companies and the, and the projects and the product, they are so, I feel like they hinge so much on context of where we're at in the climate and the culture and in our generation. But people, if you start investing and really looking at, if you're really looking at people and if you're looking at the artists and you're looking at the founders behind projects and you believe in them, uh, and you believe that they're committed and they're going to stick around. They'll figure it out. That's why with Gary's, a lot of the V Friends um, art, it never spoke to me. But why I'm invested in V Friends is because of Gary. And he's proven his track record, not just to the world, but to me personally <laughs> for years. He's always come to me and told me what's going on. And he's pretty much been very accurate. He's owned up to his mistakes. And so when I am quote unquote betting or investing or collecting V friends, I'm really just investing in Gary because I believe in him. 
I think he'll find a way out always. And we all know entrepreneurs and business people and artists who are like this that will find themselves in a rut and they scoop themselves out. And I don't know what that's called, but half of people in this world, they're faced with an obstacle. Resiliency. Resilience, it's grit, right? But half of people, they, they let it overcome them and they cannot get out of it. And that's just the way that they're wired and built. And it defines them. And there's a whole other group of people who are faced with that. And they use that to overcome and to reinvent and develop a new character upon which they're formed. And that those are the kinds of people that I really like to invest in both. I'm not saying either is good or bad. I'm just saying, if you're looking for someone who's really going to succeed in the long run, and I'm all about the long game, always all about longevity branding is all about longevity. We never look at, we never talk about in hours or weeks or months even. We don't even talk about in years. We talk about in hundreds of years, right? So when Ben and I started this project, we were 23 years old, starting this thing out of a studio apartment behind an In-N-Out making t-shirts. And we were talking about Levi's, right? We were talking about 100-year companies and what we would have to do in year 83 that would make sense with what we were making today. We made clothes that would make sense 83, 85, 100 years from now. That's how we always plan this thing. And so we're going into NFTs thinking the same way because if you really, really do believe in this stuff the way that we do, it's going to change the course of history for the next 50, 100 years. And so why would we plan for five months out or have a roadmap that's only set around, you know, by the end of 2022? We're like 2023 and beyond, right? And so those are the types of projects and people I invest in Day trading to me, I've never really quite understood it uh, because we we come from a brand perspective and we believe invest in people and people last for seasons, right? Like really, really revolutionary figures, they last for lifetimes. And so we're here to see them from A to Z. This, this room has gone on for 15 lo- minutes longer than I had anticipated. Uh, I, I, I wanna start wrapping it up if everyone's okay with that. Um, you were listening to Bomb Talk, it's presented every week by uh, Adam Bomb Squad. That's our project. It's 25,000 NFTs. If you're curious about them, they're up on OpenSea right now. Now's the time. Um, please join us and join our community. Uh, and we'll be back this time next week. If you miss any part of this conversation with Gary or with our, our guests up on stage, we have Dave Krugman, we had Oshani, we had Nerfala up here as well. Uh, it is recorded and it will be posted wherever you get your podcast. You'll be able to listen to it by this time next week. And all the other episodes are there with Steve Aoki and Reese Witherspoon and with Artifact and Nick from Diamond. They're They're all up there as well. So please listen to them. They're all great in their own way. Thanks once again to Gary. Grab your Poe up if you haven't already. And thanks to our our later guests in the room. Uh, You're all great. Let's do it again. All right, everyone have a great week.